The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. Hi, welcome to the Online Marketing Show. I'm your host, Joey Bushnell. Today I'll be speaking to a top copywriter and author. His name is Richard Bayon, and he is the author of Words That Sell and the follow-up book, More Words That Sell, which are two very helpful books which I refer to whenever I'm copywriting and I need to find the strongest, most powerful word for what I'm trying to say. Go to richardbayon.com to find out more. Rick, thank you so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me on. How did you become a copywriter and come to write your books? Well, uh, I didn't set out to be a copywriter. Uh, I have a feeling that that's how most copywriters start out. We don't really think of it as our career objective when we, we graduate <laughs> from college. Um, it was really a pretty indirect route. I'd, I'd studied history in college, which gave me you know, a very good general education. I'm, you know, I don't regret it, but unfortunately it didn't have much use in, in, in the real world, uh, as, I, as I found out as I started going for job interviews. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought about my career, what I wanted to do, and I realized that I had always loved words and, and how they sound and how they can persuade people. Uh, so I picked up a master's degree in journalism, uh, thinking that I could write commentary uh, for newspapers or magazines. And then, after I got the degree, I went around on interviews, discovered that newspapers wouldn't hire me because I could barely type it at the time. I was one of those two-finger typists, and that just wasn't good enough for them. So I knocked around the New York publishing world, really like the underworld for a few years of trade magazines, really like low-paying positions and uh, getting pretty discouraged. And then, then I, I found a job as a book editor. And uh, after I edited a couple of books, the president of the company discovered that I could also write, which was fortunate. And they happened to have a pretty hopeless young copywriter on staff at the time. Uh, so what happened was the company president fired her and put me into her position, which I felt a little guilty about, even though it wasn't my doing. But, uh, yeah, I liked the job. I enjoyed writing copy more than I enjoyed editing books. Uh, it was a way to, you know, finally make some actual money from my writing, be a little creative and persuasive. And, uh, because it was a publishing company, I could write about all kinds of subjects, which, which I really liked. Um, and on top of that, I was their only full-time copywriters, so the burden was all on me, and I, I found that I actually liked that. <laughs> I was like the, a key player in, in, in the company. Uh, now, you also asked about my books. Uh, after about five years there, uh, one of my former colleagues called me and said her company wanted to publish a Copywriter's Thesaurus. Uh, I thought that was kind of intriguing, because I'd actually thought of compiling a list of words and phrases uh, to help me in my own work. Uh, so this was, it was kind of a natural project for me. Um, and this, this became Words That Sell. Uh, I organized it according to the natural flow of copy uh, from the grabbers to the features and benefits and then finally to the clinchers that, that closed the sale. And what surprised me was that all kinds of business people, not just copywriters, were using it. It became a pretty popular and you know, widely used reference book. So the book itself, Rick, is it a how-to 
right copy kind of book or is it more of a sort of a reference book a kind of thesaurus where you would use the book to try and pick out certain words to use it's mostly a reference book uh i mean it does have uh you know a couple of chapters short chapters on the basics of how to write copy Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, things to avoid, uh, lists of, you know, commonly confused words. Yeah, you know, sort of like, you know, gu- a guide for, for young copywriters. Uh, most people who have been in the business a while, I mean, they'll, they'll probably know most of that material, but it always helps to refer back to it and see the fundamentals. But yeah, the, by far the, the bulk of the book is, is set up more like a thesaurus, uh, sure. especially okay. the, the descriptions and benefits section in the middle. That's where, you know, it's, that part's arranged alphabetically, and you know you have all the different lists of they're not really synonyms, but you know words that you would use like more exciting ways to say exciting, for example, you know that sort of thing. You mentioned the term grabber just a moment ago. What's a grabber? Yeah, that's that's my own term. I don't know if anybody else uses it, but that, that's what I call uh, any, any word or phrase that that catches catches the, the reader's attention immediately, which is which is important because. You only have a few seconds, really, to, to grab the reader before they move on to something else. I mean, there's just so much competition for anybody's attention out there, whether it's an email or a uh, you know, stack of mail that comes in. Um, the purpose of a grabber really is to, you know, first, you know, it gets their attention, but it also draws them into the message so they can find out more about the offer. And if you get them that far, you, you've, you've won almost half the battle. So what are some examples, then, of a grabber? Well, the, the classic grabber is like an envelope teaser, like, you know, limited time offer, or uh, one of my favorites, which I didn't write, unfortunately, what never to eat on an airplane, which I think boardroom reports used for a long time. You know, it, it, it just it, it piques your curiosity so much that you have to get inside the envelope and uh, see what the offer is about. Uh, it could also be, you know, any kind of invitation to save money, a sale, a trial offer, uh, with, with no commitment, that always helps. Uh, and, you know, even in the internet era, you know, let's say an email subject line, that's, that's a grabber, uh, any kind of good headline, if, if the space ad especially, uh, like, you know, the startling truth about such and such, you know, something like that will, will provoke a reader and, uh, you know, get them curious. Um, also, let's say if you're writing a sales letter, it's helpful to open with a, a, a question or a challenge that will get them interested in the content. Something like, uh, I think you'll be shocked by what you're about to read. And so, of course, they'll, they'll want to read uh, what, what follows. Now, there are some grabbers that are just they're used so often. It's almost like the boy who cried wolf. I see them. Things like... Um, open immediately, or uh, important documents enclosed. And whenever I see those, I don't know about you, I'm just inclined to toss them because I, I've, I know through experience, after opening them so many times and seeing that they're just, you know, just <laughs> big generic you know, advertising messages that, that they just don't have any meaning anymore. So you have to be careful. Yeah. You know, the grabber actually has to have some, some kind of specific meaning and, uh, you know, not be just a boilerplate message that people will be cynical about and toss it out of their way so some grabbers that may have been powerful years ago they're not quite so powerful now due to overuse in the marketing world yeah i mean apparently they they still must work i don't know i haven't done the research on those particular lines like important documents and closed i guess you know they still must work for some people but 
I don't know. I think readers tend to be a little bit more sophisticated and skeptical these days. So uh, I don't know. I'd steer clear of lines like that. What are some powerful ways to describe the benefits of the product or the service that we're writing about? Well, of course, it depends on the product or service that you're offering. But in each case, you know, you, you do want to mention the features. I mean, you know, I know there's a school of copywriters who say, you know, just stress the benefits, benefits, benefits. But there's a way to combine them. Um, like in, in words that sell, for example, I don't separate the features from the uh, benefits. Uh, you know, you can look up uh, a word like convenient. And, uh, you know, you, you can say that, you know, if you want to find another word to say convenient, you can say your product is expandable or adjustable or reusable, you know, words like that. Now, those are both features and benefits when you think about it. It's, you know, it's a feature, but it also has some kind of use or, you know, benefit for the, uh, for the user. Um, now, but you also want to expand on the benefits uh, so they'll hit home and the, the reader can relate to them. Like, uh, what's a good one? For, again, for convenient, you can say never needs replacing. Uh, it goes wherever you go. It's there when you need it. Um, and I mean, even some of the old cliches work, like right at your fingertips. I, you know, I, it's kind of a tricky issue, but I, I wouldn't worry about using cliches as long as they still have meaning, because you know, most of them originally were pretty powerful persuaders, and, and you know, human nature hasn't changed all that much. So, so a lot of them still are powerful when using them in copy. We're not writing literature after all. You talk about a concept called transition phases or transition words in your book. What is that about? Oh, that's how to get from point A to point B, basically. Um, when, say, especially in sales letters. With, you know, sales letters these days are, are longer than ever. Uh, <laughs> I've seen something go on. They cool them like 20, 25 pages. Um, and so, you know, when you, you segue from one subject to another, you want to use terms that could almost function like grabbers. You'd say... Things like here's how, here's how it works, um, or you'll be surprised to learn that, you know, whatever. Um, I have a whole list of them in, in, in the book. I mean, it depends on the situation, of course, but in other words, it's, it's a way to still involve the reader when you're switching subjects so they don't lose interest from, from, you know, while you're transitioning from, from one subject to another. In the book, you also talk about some magic response words. What do you mean by that, and do you have any favorites? Um, well, they're the words that have worked for ages because uh, they, they still satisfy basic human needs. Words like, uh, those are some of my favorites. I, I mean, I don't know if I have personal favorites, but you know, these are words that have been shown to, to work year after year. Words like win, enjoy. Uh, easy. People always like you know so the pro uh, product to help them do something easily. Proven. In other words, it's been tested over time. Uh, safe. Uh, people, especially today, I think, uh, because you know I think people are just so scared about their economic situation and everything that you know, mm -hmm. safety and security are especially important these days. So a word like safe is good. Uh, value. Um, instantly, that's a good, you know, you do, do, you know something works instantly. Yeah. Uh, always and never are a good pair, yeah, because it, 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 they're emphatic and yeah, they help you drive your, your point across. Uh, a guarantee is also good because people want to be assured. 
Um, something is new. That's that's you know one of the most powerful words ever. Although I have to say, I've always had a kind of pet peeve about the, the term new and improved. <laughs> that's always that's always bothered me. If something is new, it it can't be improved. And if it's improved, obviously it's not new because it's been around the block already. <laughs> Yes, you know, so, mm-hmm. but again, you know, copywriters still use it. So who am I to judge? <laughs> um, and oh, also on top of the free—that's that's one of the, the top magic response words of all time. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's, people always want something for nothing. Let's face it. Uh, so uh, you know, if you have a free offer, make sure you 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 know drum that up and you know, put it right at the top. And also within copy, especially if you're writing a letter, uh, this is important. I, I guess it qualifies magic words. You and I, because you want your message to sound almost like a personal conversation. Uh, this is a, a kind of a shift that's taken place in copy over the years, uh, from sounding, you know, kind of institutional to sounding, you know, more personal. And I think I think you know it's a really important development. And I always stress. Uh, you know, using you and I, or in, in some cases we, you know, to to help personalize the the message and uh, you know make the, the reader can re- relate better to it that way. You talk in the book about clinchers. What is a clincher? Yeah, it's it's my term for a word or phrase that uh, seals the deal, usually toward the end of your message. Um, and in their own way, they're they're as critical as the the grabber that appears at the top of the message, because you don't want to let your customer off the hook. I mean, you can ply them with all these great benefits and uh, you know how great your product is and so on, but you need to motivate them to respond uh, as soon as they finish reading, or if possible, even before they finish reading. You know, they they can't wait to respond, so they'll just you know look for the information at the bottom and then they'll either you know click or you know, do whatever they have to do to to respond. Um, you want to close your message with a sentence that will assure your cut. You want to assure your customer that you'll, you're going to come through for them, uh, that they risk nothing, um, and that they can always change their minds if, if that's the case. Uh, and so that's you know that's essential to moving the customer from being a browser to, to becoming a buyer. Uh, and the, you wrap it all up with a good call to action. That's you know, the, the type of clincher where you actually tell the reader how to respond. You know, should they call? Should they reply online? Uh, drop a card in the mail? Uh, in some cases, you know, set up a personal appointment to see you, depending on you know, what, what kind of business it is. And uh, if you're writing a sales letter, the, the PS is considered, you know, by some copywriters, is the most important line of your entire message because everybody looks at the PS and usually adds an extra incentive for ordering. Like, you know, if you order today, we'll also send you uh, such and such, you know, depending on what you're offering them. And then, of course, at the very end, a a strong satisfaction guarantee is, is a persuasive clincher because, you know, before somebody buys a product or service, they want to know for sure that, it's going to work for them. You know, they don't risk anything. Or, you know, they have nothing to lose. And uh, so that, that's you know, how you seal the deal. Do you have any examples of some good words or phrases that we can use at the end of the sales letter, the moment of decision where we're placing our call to action? Have you got any kind of specific examples of that? Sure, sure. Um, 
at the point where the, the reader is making the decision, you want to stress time urgency, uh, like don't miss this opportunity, you, uh, take this important first step, why wait another day, time's running out. Uh, and you, know, you, you want to sort of convey the impression that it, it, they have the potential for a life-changing experience. Um, you know, you, you get started now, you'll be glad you did. Uh, you've waited. You know, it's a, so it's basically telling them that a lot of important things are hinging on this decision. Uh, in other words, we're sort of raising it above the level of a mere product or surface, service into something that can actually change the reader's life for the better. And I, you know, I honestly believe that you know, if you have a good product or service, that, that, that's what it can do. So you, you do want to get that point across. For the call to action, you really want to be specific about how you want them to respond. Uh, for example, just reach for your phone, call our toll-free number today, uh, just hit reply and we'll send you the details, uh, click here to find out more about us, just fill out the convenient order form and mail it today. The, the most important thing to consider is you have to make it quick and you have to make it easy. Uh, just is make it as easy and painless as possible for the for the customer to respond. What is puff speak, and how do we avoid it? Uh, that's that's my own term. Yeah, in the back of the book, I have a section on what I call puff speak. Um, these are yeah words that I see probably too often, pretentious words and phrases that uh, mm-hmm. some writers will use to to make their copy sound more impressive. And they're, they're really kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, a lot of it is, is corporate or institutional lingo that's become fashionable. Uh, you say, you know, like saying impact negatively instead of just something, you know, something gets worse or, you know, finalize instead of finish. Uh, and some of it's just unnecessary extra verbiage, it, again, to sort of puff up the message and make it sound more important. Like when people say, crisis situation, when they could just as easily just say crisis, for example. Yeah, the idea is, is you, know, you want to sound like a human being. You don't want to sound like an institution. You don't, you know, you know, so write the way you would talk to friends or colleagues, uh, just you know, in, informally and uh, friendly. And uh, I think you know, that kind of message, message is actually more powerful than uh, something that sounds starchier and, and more and more institutional. How has the language of advertising copy changed since you wrote your first edition of your book back in 1984? How has it changed since then, and how has it not changed? That's a good question. Um, I had to revi- revise the book about five years ago. I thought it was, you know, it was about time, because the book had been, had been in print since 1984. And as I was going through the lists, I realized that you know, some of these phrases are just a little too gee whiz, you know. <laughs> you, you, you don't want to sound like a, a carnival barker. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, these days we, we tend to use, you know, fewer exclamation points. Uh, we kind of avoid empty superlatives like the best in the business. Because, you know, by whose standards are you the best in the business? So, you know, it's less chest bumping. You, know, you just want to be more convincing through, through your actual message. Uh, instead of saying, you know, we're the best, it's more like, you know, what can we do for you? Uh, and as I said, the language has become more informal and conversational, so I incorporated that in, into the revised book, too. We you know, tend to use more contractions today, uh, not as many dependent clauses. 
I remember, you know, when I first started out, uh, you know, some of the copy I read, and some of the copy I wrote, for that matter, just you know, sounded more structured. Uh, and you know, today we've just kind of loosened up for for better or worse. <laughs> Probably <laughs> twenty years now, we'll all be writing in text speak. You know? <laughs> yeah, your uh, yeah, change your life. You are, you know. <laughs> that yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, what, what's what's interesting is that some some things haven't changed. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why those magic response words, most of them anyway, still work. We we still care about things like security and comfort, uh, status, you know, money, uh, success, and of course convenience and uh, even fun. I mean, yeah, these are all universal, and uh, you know, we pretty much have the same hopes and fears as, as our ancestors did. Our culture changes, technology changes, the human being changes, maybe uh, quite a lot slower. But on an emotional level, things are pretty much the same as they were thousands of years ago. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're still, uh, you know, cavemen at heart. <laughs> yeah, sure. Despite the trappings of civilization, I think, you know, a lot of, you know, basic human motivation is, is still pretty much the same as it was, uh, you know, thousands of years ago. Rick, thank you so much for doing this interview with me today. I really appreciate the time that you've given to me. Where can we get more information from you? And also specifically, where can we get your books? I've personally used your books a lot, Rick. I write a lot of Facebook ads, emails, and other kinds of copy. It's just something that I do every day, and I use your book to make sure that I'm using the best possible words that are going to have the greatest impact. I think it would also be very beneficial for those listening too. So where can we go? Yeah, well, that's I'm glad it works for you, and I'm also I'm glad that it works across international boundaries too. I mean, mm. in English world. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. sure, of course, spelling is going to be different and so on, but uh, I guess, you know, the yeah. basic words and phrases uh, still work. Um, where you can find information, well, <clears throat> of course, my, you know, my books are sold on Amazon.com. Um, if you look up words that sell on Amazon, uh, they'll have a link to my author's page. You know, with all of, all of Amazon authors have our own author's page. And you, you can find out more information about me, you know, my background, and the, the other books I've written. Uh, I also have uh, a professional website up there, kind of a basic one, but it, you know, it does the job. It's uh, richardbayan.com. Uh, my last name spelled B-A-Y-A-N, and uh, yeah, it shows you know, basically you know about you know the, the, the books I've written, sort of my philosophy of you know writing copy. Uh, what people can do if they actually want to hire me for projects. Uh, and uh, I, I even include that list of 100 magic words. So that's free information that's up there. And I'll probably be putting up more, more information in the near future. Yeah, you also had mentioned earlier, I also have a book called More Words That Sell, which, I mean, it, 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 sounds, it sounds almost like a show, like Son of Words That Sell. It's really quite a different book. Uh, I, I, really, I probably should have given it a different title, like Targeted Words of the Cell or something like that, because it does, it focuses on you know, more specialized lists of words and phrases that you can use. Like, for example, uh, for different niche markets, you know, say you're yeah. writing a real estate ad or something in finance or, uh, you know, a nonprofit fundraising, that sort of thing. I've you know, separate pages of you know, words and phrases for, for those fields. And on top of that, um, I have lists that you can use to, to fine-tune your copy, which I didn't include in, in the original words of itself, things like action verbs, uh, 
emotional words, which are really important, because you know they always say that you know, in, in writing copy, emotions you, you appeal to the emotions rather than to the intellect, because that's how people decide. They're they're more motivated by by their emotions, and uh, also like I have lists of sensory words, like you know colors, sounds, textures. Uh, these all help you make a more vivid impression when you're writing. But, you know, that, that, that's important, too. And again, this, this book's available on um, Amazon.com. Fantastic. Well, Rick, as I said before, I have both of them by my side when I'm writing. And I like the way that in the second book, you are quite industry-specific. If you're writing for the marketing niche or for the weight loss industry or for the financial industry or whatever it might be, there's just a ready-made list there of words that you can use. So it's really, really useful. And so for any copywriters or marketers out there, I certainly recommend buying both of them. And with that, we've reached the end of the show. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. And Rick, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you, Joey. I appreciate it. The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money.